In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. Out of a love for our neighbor and a desire to protect the most vulnerable among us from this awful virus that is ravaging our state, our nation, and our world, we have suspended in-person worship services for the time being and are instead worshiping via podcast. Because Jesus is Lord over heaven and earth, we can worship via podcast, and the presence of Christ is with us wherever we are. There is no place we go that Jesus is not Lord. There are just places where Jesus' lordship is not recognized. And so if you are listening to this right now and recognize Jesus as Lord— then Jesus' lordship is recognized where you are. We long to be back together again, but we also care for each other. And so in the meantime, we worship via podcast, we worship in the spirit of Christ, and we hold each other close in our hearts, knowing that the love of God ties us all together in ways that we don't understand We don't always understand how the Holy Spirit works in the church when we're all together, but we trust it anyway. And similarly, we trust that the Spirit of God will carry us through these times as well. One bit of good news for you on this morning. Uh, We have, we had a goal for our uh, world mission offering giving, and it was a little over $700. And we have met and exceeded that goal. And on behalf of the missions committee, I wanted to uh, thank everybody who gave. I know times are are difficult for some people financially right now, but our church has shown a commitment to making sure that missionaries in the field are supported as they proclaim the name of Jesus and show Jesus' love to people all over the world. Also, today is daylight savings time, so if you have not set your clock back an hour, you can go ahead and hit pause on the podcast and and go do that now. Uh, Your cell phone probably took care of itself already, um, but just remember to go change the microwave. We are glad that you are worshiping with us via podcast, but we also know that people have needs and prayer requests and Uh, and sometimes just need to reach out to somebody. And if that's you right now, our church website is onebaptistchurch.org. You can send us an email. Our phone number is on there. You can call and get a hold of us, um, and we will be glad to reach out to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, we give you praise, Lord, the God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give thanks and praise your glorious name. Lord, I thank you for the congregation of our church. I thank you for all the blessings you have bestowed on each person. I thank you for keeping all of us from the COVID-19 virus You have protected each and every one of us, and I pray that you will continue to do so. I lift up to you the prayer requests that each have. Some of our members have illnesses. Others are going through chemotherapy and radiation treatment. Others are having difficulties with relationships, and still others are suffering from not being able to make ends meet. You know all the details of each request. 
I pray for those who are ill or having chemo radiation treatment, that you would give them comfort during this time, ease any pain they may have, and control any attacks of anxiety that hinder them from being able to rest. Father, you love them all, and if it be your will, heal them. For those who are experiencing relationship problems, keep them from anger and help them to show love instead. For those who are having a tough time making ends meet, I ask that they partner with you and give God the problem, and together you will solve the problem. Lord, be with the youth of our young church. School is difficult with online learning, and many are frustrated. I pray they ask the Holy Spirit to guide them. We thank you for Melissa, Ashley, and Sherry for the work they do with the young church. I ask that the Holy Spirit be a powerful presence as they continue to minister to their needs. I lift up our hope program to you, Lord. Give Bob and Janet Ray strength to supervise the program. I thank you, Lord, that we can meet the family's physical needs, and I pray that that will lead to meeting their spiritual needs. Be with the leadership of the church, and may the decisions that we make be from a leading of the Holy Spirit. Help us to follow the teachings of Jesus from his word. Be with Pastor John as he leads our congregation. Fill him with your Holy Spirit, and may the love of Christ shine forth as a result. Be with the people in our church neighborhood. If they have needs, may our church be able to help. Help us show the love of Christ to our neighborhood. We have an election this Tuesday. I pray that Christians will vote. We have this privilege and we should exercise it. I pray that violence will not be a part of the election. I place it in your hands and that your will be done. Be with our pastor today as he brings us a message from your word. Give him the words that you want us to hear. And as always, may this podcast be a blessing to all who hear it. In conclusion, our Father in heaven, the great Almighty, yours is the kingdom and the power and glory. You are enough for us. I hand over to you our prayer and our needs to you. O Lord, you are enough. You are great and powerful and can do all things. So we will have faith and trust in your way and your timing. For it's not our will, but yours, O Lord. And help us to trust in your answers to your glory in your time and in your way. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. salvation 
let your heart be troubled hold your head up high don't fear no evil fix your eyes on this one truth god is madly in love with you take courage hold on be strong remember where our help comes from Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and too old, she believed God would keep his promise. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. 
for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. But now Saul, your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed David to be the leader of his people. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I will keep my promise to the Lord in the presence of all his people. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Our scripture reading for the morning comes to us from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And it's not often we read the introduction to Paul's letters as, as part of the scripture, um, but they're quite beautiful, and he, he blesses and, and greets the church uh, that he's writing to in such a beautiful way that we've included it for our text this morning. So here is Philippians 1, verses 1 through 6. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As some of you may know, I am a big fan of Mr. Rogers. Uh, I have grown up with Mr. Rogers, and as an adult in uh, in these weary times, I, I find, you can still find uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood episodes on uh, Amazon Prime and YouTube and, and places like that, and I find great comfort in it. But I also came across a story that I had forgotten about um, this week about Mr. Rogers. And in 1997, at the Emmy Awards, he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award for his work in television. And I wanted to read part of his acceptance speech to you this morning. This was right after he, he greeted everyone and thanked everyone. He said this, All of us have special ones 
who have loved us into being, would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life? 10 seconds of silence, I'll watch the time. And it was Esquire magazine writer Tom Junid who said of the 10 seconds of silence, there was at first a small whoop from the crowd, a giddy strangled hiccup of laughter as people realized that he wasn't kidding, that Mr. Rogers was not some convenient dummy, but rather a man, an authority figure who actually expected them to do what he asked, and so they did. One second, two seconds, three seconds, and now the jaws clenched, and the bosoms heaved, and the mascara ran, and the tears fell upon the beglittered gathering like rain leaking down a crystal chandelier. All that because Mr. Rogers had asked this group of celebrities sitting in seats for an award show to think about the people who had helped them to get where they were. And so here at the beginning of our exploration of God's word this morning, I'd like to issue that challenge to us. And this is, this is really unusual. It's, it's, it's an unusual thing to take 10 seconds of silence if we were, if we were all together. But now over audio, I think it's going to, uh, to feel a lot more significant. But I'd like to invite us to take 10 seconds and think of the people that God used to, to plant the seed of faith within us, or people who brought us along in faith and put us on the right track at a key moment in our life. Or just as Mr. Rogers so simply said, all of the people who have loved you into being. We'll take 10 seconds. I'll keep the time. Thank you. And the reason that I had us do this was not out of some honor to Mr. Rogers, but out of a recognition that none of us gets to where we are as followers of Jesus without someone else. For all of our, our thoughts and our illusions of rugged individualism, for all of this idea that you can be a self-made person, it's not that way in the church. It's not that way for God's people because God's people are a community. And the plan of Jesus for salvation is not just to rescue us individually. Yes, we all need to come to faith in Jesus Christ on our own. We all have to make that decision for ourselves to, as we heard in the creative scripture reading this morning, we all have to make that decision to lay down our own ways and take up the ways of Jesus and do this daily. But the salvation of Jesus does not just come for individuals because through Jesus, God opened up the doors to his family, opened up the belonging to his family, opened up the means for adoption into his own family through his son. And when you're part of a family, family traditions get handed down, and that's how we end up coming to faith. If you're listening to this and you are a follower of Jesus, there is somebody who has pointed you towards the direction of Christ. And if you are growing as a follower of Jesus, there is somebody who has helped you grow. It might be a Sunday school teacher. It might be a youth worker. It might be a, a vacation Bible school volunteer. It might, be, it might be a pastor. It might be any number of people, a mother, a father, an aunt, or an uncle, or an older brother or sister, or even a younger brother or sister. But the point remains, 
that through Christ we are a people, that we are a church, and that the ways of the church have been working themselves through the centuries, starting with Jesus, in through, you know, spread out through the apostles, through the ancient Roman world, and then from, from the apostles to the people that they had taught, and it just kept spreading and spreading and spreading and lasted out through the ages, and here we are today. Because as English poet John Donne said, no man is an island, we don't become followers of Jesus that live hopeful, abundant lives loving and serving our Lord by ourselves. And this is a strange thing to say right now when we are a scattered people at the moment, that we are listening to this in our home or we're listening to this uh, in our car as we're, we're driving to work or we're listening to this um, you know, as you, as you, you know, maybe take a shower or uh, prepare a meal. But we are still God's people, and we are still the church. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that while Jesus has not changed, the ways that we proclaim the gospel and the way that we work the gospel out in our world absolutely has. And sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. And sometimes we have to adapt. But churches have this sometimes frustrating pattern of thinking that because things were once so always they shall be. And when we start thinking that way, that's a little bit of a dangerous mode of thinking. Because especially when we look at this passage in Philippians, when we look at the work that God has done through the centuries, when we look at the work that the Spirit of God is doing right now in our world, as fractured and broken as things seem right now, we understand that Jesus is on the move. We know the ongoing work of the church is to work out the gospel in every generation and to find out what it means to proclaim the good news that earth's creator is its king, and that through Jesus Christ, God is calling the world back to him, and that we, the church, are the vehicle for that message. In this passage, we get a little bit of a blueprint on how we can think about how this happens. And the first thing that we see, uh, once we get past the introduction, is Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And it is entirely good and appropriate and, and holy for us to remember those who have led us to faith up until this point. As I stated earlier, we are a people. And First Baptist Church of Oregon City is, a, is over 170 years old, and we have arrived here at this place through the work of so many other people, people that we've never met before. But if you've grown up in this church, you knew people who knew people, who knew people who knew people, who knew people. And so you are the part of a lineage that goes back to faithful people who said that God's word and God, the good news of Jesus needs to be proclaimed in Oregon City, and we're going to gather people to do it. And thus, First Baptist Church of Oregon City came to be, and thus we're here now. And there are, are people who have come along the way who, who are you know, maybe from somewhere else, 
who, who are from the area, but who have, have come to find the ways of Jesus being worked out through our church. And we're grateful to the people in our church's past. And we're grateful to the people in our own past. In my 10 seconds, I, I thought of a few, a few different names. Uh, last week in my, my sermon, I, I mentioned my grandmother, and her face popped up in my head. In my office, I still have the collection of, uh, of children's Bible books that, that she gave to me when I was very young. Uh, my, mother, my mother's picture flashed in my mind. I also thought of Pat and Gary Hess, my high school Sunday school teachers, and Jennifer Dougherty, my middle school Sunday school teacher, people who weren't afraid of all of the really big, weird questions that young John had to ask. And, and I thought of all of them, and I'm thankful that they invested in me because it was only by, by people like my mother and grandmother and my Sunday school teachers and, and Bill Stout, the, the pastor of the church that I was, uh, was going to, that I grew up in uh, at the time that my father died, who, who was not just a, a spiritual father to me, but modeled the man that I needed to be. Those people have brought me to where I need to be, and I am grateful to them. And it probably would be a good idea for me to take a little time this week and, and write a little note. Because if you don't know where you come from, you've come from, you don't know where you're going. And when we know who has brought us here and how we have wound up here, we can be grateful for how God has been working in our past. But it also brings us to gratitude for how God's working in our present. Paul writes, Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. They have come a ways with Paul. And if you read in the book of Acts, the, the creation of the Philippian church it's not a, a quiet, meek story where a bunch of people decided to, to get together and have a worship service. Uh, they, it ends up with Paul being in prison. Paul and Silas wind up in, in jail. And the Philippian church is born. But they don't keep looking to the past. They've honored the work that God has done that's gotten them to this point. But now they continue to do the work of Jesus in their own time and in their own way. It's ongoing. In the, in the world of grammar, the, the wonderful world of grammar, I, I say that jokingly because I don't know how many other people get as excited about grammar as I do, <laughs> but... This is called the present progressive. It's happening now and continues to happen. It's an ongoing process. And we honor the work that's been done in the past, but we're not tied down to it. I am, there, there are very few things I am 100% certain about in life, um, that Jesus loves me, um, but also that things change. Not Jesus' love, but things here on earth, they change. And I am fairly certain that if the original founders of First Baptist Church of Oregon City uh, were able to see kind of what was going on today, they would marvel. They would marvel at the thought that our church can be a worshiping body, our church can be a loving body, our church can fund missionaries all around the world even in the midst of everything that's going on in our world right now. But they would also see that our worship is very different stylistically. And the way that we proclaim the gospel 
And what's important about the message of the gospel is that we have to take this message that God is renewing the world and God is recreating the world through Jesus using his church as his vehicle. But that means something different in every age. In the the mid-1800s in the United States, it meant freeing slaves. In the 1960s in the United States, it meant the battle for civil rights and the end of Jim Crow laws, especially in the American South. And now today, that means something entirely different. And it's up to us to get to know our neighborhood, to get to know our community, to get to know the people that we live and, and work and, and know and figure out what does the gospel mean for Oregon City and our world right now? What's the good news of Jesus right now? Where is there oppression that needs to be released? Where are there chains that need to be broken Where are there hungry people that need to be fed? Where are there people who are being mistreated because of the country that they were born in? Because all of these things are the work of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Where are there people who are struggling helplessly with depression and anxiety? Where are there people who don't have hope for tomorrow? That's addressed by the gospel, the good news of of Jesus Christ. And those are questions that every generation of followers of Jesus ask, but we all answer it differently. Because the good news is the same, but the way that we work the good news out through our neighborhoods and and our world is different. And that's what we have to discern. Because if we find ourselves tied down to old ways, we miss what God is doing right now in the present. If we keep trying to go back to the way things were a generation ago, then we miss the opportunity, the privilege, and the honor to speak the good news of Jesus to this generation. And we do carry on this work until we can hand it off to the next generation. And that's what Paul says in verse 6. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Because this this isn't a sputtering, failing process. There are human institutions that sputter and fail. To quote Hamilton, an American American musical, oceans rise, empires fall. But then to quote Isaiah, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And if we are faithful to this gospel, to this good news of Jesus Christ, then we will be looking for ways that we can draw the next generation into the working out of the gospel in our world. And Melissa and the Young Church volunteers do a fantastic job of reaching out to the teenagers and the young people that God has entrusted to our church. But it means more than just making sure that you tick the box of a church having a youth group. It means more than just reading Bible stories to your grandkids. It means we do the hard work of working out what the proclamation and the outworking of the gospel looks like what it means to bring the good news into our world. And as we're doing it, we bring the next generation alongside us. 
and we live as examples. We live as, faithful as faithfully as we can, knowing that Jesus is perfect and unchanging and constant. And even though that we have our flaws and our failings and our miscues, that if we're constantly pointing our lives to Jesus, that's going to be bigger than the mistakes we make. That's going to be bigger than our flub-ups. We just have to constantly be moving towards Jesus, moving towards the good news, not getting distracted by worldly power struggles, not getting distracted by things that seem important, but ultimately are, are just a chasing after the wind. We build for the kingdom. We proclaim the good news and the freedom and the salvation of our God and the, the wide-open family of Jesus. However is necessary, in our current place and time, so that as the next generation comes in, there's room for them to find their voice to proclaim Jesus to their generation as they get established. Because someday, somebody might stand before the 20-somethings and the teenagers and the children who exist now when they're 70, 60, 50, 40, 30. And they may ask them to take 10 seconds and think of people who pointed them to Jesus, to think of people who loved them into being, to think of people who demonstrated and lived out a daily commitment to the good news of our God and who welcomed them into the family of Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that they think of us. I hope and pray that God continues this good work through us because he will keep continuing it until the day Christ returns and establishes the fullness of his kingdom on earth. blood stains each page they have died 
for this faith hear them cry through the years heed these words and hold them dear ancient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words We have come now to the time of the Lord's table. It is the table set for us by Christ. It is the table that we have gathered, we gather at, and that so many followers of Jesus for so many years have come to, to meet Jesus, to recognize Jesus at the table, to reconcile with brothers and sisters in Christ, and to ultimately proclaim the death of our Lord until he comes again, as we are told in Scripture. If you are worshiping with us before 11.30 a.m. on November 1st, 2020, and that's 11.30 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, um, we do have communion as part of our Zoom coffee hour. And if you would like the link to that Zoom coffee hour, you can email us at baptist.church at comcast.net. Again, that is baptist.church at comcast.net. And we'll happily send you the Zoom link so that you can uh, join in and participate in the Lord's table with us. If you are listening to this after November 1st, 2020, at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, um, then we do offer a Lord's Table service right now. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. In this we proclaim to you a mystery, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ is coming again. Let's pray. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. Hear the words of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Looking back at what our Lord accomplished for us on the cross. Take and eat. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup of wine, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people 
an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And looking back towards the cross, looking at the table of the Lord and the people who are gathered around it now, and looking forward to a time when we will gather around the table of the Lord with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ through all of the centuries, take and drink. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you have knit together your people in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace to follow your blessed people in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those inexplicable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. We thank you for joining us in worship this morning. And we pray that as we have prayed and sung and read God's word and proclaimed God's word, that we have done this together in the unity of the Holy Spirit and in the diversity of God's good creation. If there is something that you need, if there is a prayer request that you have, you can email us at baptist.church at comcast.net and we will happily get in touch with you. I'd like to thank our Director of Worship and Youth, Melissa Mellinger, for leading us in music. I'd like to thank our church moderator, Jim Leatherman, for leading us in prayer. I'd like to thank my wife, Katie Witham, for leading the creative scripture reading. And I'd like to thank Gary and Doreen Hudley, our audio engineers, for making everything sound good. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands.